to Broad Street LinkedIn's Week 2 Recap. The Birds took down the Vikings 34-28, but got bailed out in many ways. You can't really complain, though. We had two games in five days, 2-0, and but I think we look more like the 2021 Eagles rather than the 2022 Eagles. You could almost put the entire 2021 season into that game. We were 2-5 in 2021. We started running the rock and started winning games, ended up making the playoffs. And in this game, right, we were not pounding the ball at all. And we decided to start pounding the rock and came out on top. Yeah, the first half was, it was tough. You know, we go up in these games, then we decide to, like, play not to lose instead of playing to win. And it always ends up just being a close game, a one-score game where, I mean, if Justin Jefferson doesn't fumble, if a couple things don't go our way, we could easily be walking away with a loss at home in prime time to a pretty bad Vikings team. So it's just not how you want the games to go. Yeah, I agree. I, I kind of split it up into a tale of three periods. Uh, the first quarter was abysmal, got bailed out multiple times. We turned two turnovers into three points. The middle of the game, we took control, right? We were pounding the rock. We were controlling the clock. Like you said, we get conservative at the end of games. We struggle to close it out, and it came down to the last snap, which it just shouldn't do in a game like that. Yeah. So why don't we move on to our three biggest pros? Just like last week, me and Griff have prepared our three biggest pros and cons. So what was your biggest pro, Griff? My first one, you know, I got to go with the obvious. It's just DeAndre, DeAndre Swift. I mean, he's here. Um, I hate that he earned his starting spot while Kenny Gamewell's kind of hurt. You don't really want that to be the way it goes down, but I think he's number one. I mean, you just watch two games where they favor one running back, and he he controlled that game. He's the reason we won. He's just a beast. I mean, it's awesome to see him in an Eagles uniform because he's from Philly. Um, St. Joe's prep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we have a we have a running back one. Obviously, my number one was this as well. It was the run game, Swift and the O-line. I mean, he just looks ridiculous out there. Yeah, untouchable. His vision, his lateral quickness. I mean, let's look at these stats here. 28 carries, 175 yards, 6.3 yards per carry, and a touchdown, which could have easily been three. I mean, he got tackled at the one both times, and we ended up going with the QB sneak there. Another thing I wanted to talk about the QB sneak real quick I can't – it just makes no sense to me how they want to ban it when in week one, Shane Steichen with the Colts tries with Anthony Richardson, doesn't work. Last year, Minshew tries it, doesn't work. We're the only team when Jalen Hurts and our O-line is fully healthy that can successfully complete it at the rate that we do, and I think the conversation to ban it is just ridiculous because no other teams can replicate what we do with it or even our team when we're not fully healthy. Yeah. No, I see it all over Twitter, Instagram, like – questions like polls like should this be banned like why why should it be banned just because the birds are the only team that can do it i mean the qb sneak for like one two yards has been around for it's not like the eagles came up with it 
and the thing they just is protected that, it. They're they're mentioned they often mention, you know, the running back pushing Hertz. Hertz barely gets pushed in any of these. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the, the interior O line just creates a hole and Jalen squats six hundred just yeah, so. I mean, how much is like DeAndre Swift pushing Hurts from behind, helping? Like it's no, it's because it works so well, and people can't stop it. Exactly. I just had to get that off my chest. It was bothering me, but um, yeah, going back to the run game, Swift, the O line, running the ball also just has so many pros that we need to start games doing this right. The defense will get gassed. It opens up the passing game, and the time of possession is huge. If you look at this game. The birds had 39 minutes and 28 seconds of possession. There's 20 minutes and 32 seconds from the Vikings. I mean, yeah, if you have the ball for double the amount as the other team, you yeah. will likely win that game. Yeah, I mean, in a high-scoring game like that too, you know, possession is so valuable. Exactly. I mean, Vikings were kind of scoring at will. You know, they scored 28 points. So having the ball for that long, it's huge. Yep, I agree. Kirk. Kirk, uh, Kirk and Kevin O'Connell had a great game plan. Um, we'll kind of talk about it in my next con, but um, yeah, you know, why don't we wait? So, what was your second biggest pro? So, my second pro is people might not agree, all the people that listen to this podcast, but <laughs> Darius Slade didn't look bad on Justin Jefferson. They were designed plays to get him open, and he did have a great game. But Darius Slay was on his back on every single ball, and he was up to the challenge. I mean, especially in a depleted defense, like when your guy's just, even if he's getting beat, he's still just going back at it, back at it. He's not laying down. And, I mean, Darius Slay's a dog. Justin Jefferson still had a great stat line, but I just, it just stuck out to me during the game. You know, Slay is not backing down at all. First one of, like, the top receivers in the league. And I, I truly believe on two or three – two or three of his receptions, Slay was less than a millisecond away from picking the ball off. It was – Yeah. I mean, he was right there. I mean, he was right there every time. Yeah. My second pro here is the D-line. Jalen Carter, Josh Sweat, Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, Milton Williams, they all played like dogs. It was ridiculous. Kevin O'Connell and Kirk had a great game plan, right, getting the ball out quickly, and Kirk executed that well. But Kirk was getting beat up back there, pressure yeah. on every play. That Obviously, that forced fumble by Sweat was huge for us. I mean, who knows what would have happened in that game if we didn't secure that ball. And obviously, you know, the injuries to the secondary linebackers are killing us. We need this D-line to step up, and I think they did a great job. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he when he did have time, they played well. So it just shows that when they when he was not having any time, we needed that. And that was, a, I mean, that was a huge factor to the game. Like, we were counting on that, and they stepped up. And if you look everywhere online, I mean, everyone's clowning Madison for that awful performance. But, yeah, you know, the D-line, that that's the reason why, right? I mean, we're blowing up these O-linemen. I understand that two O-linemen were hurt going into the game and one got hurt during the game. But still, I mean, our D-line is just eating. I mean, we did it all last year. We'll do it again this year. It's just, it's what we do. Exactly. How he loves funding the trenches, which we yeah. do. So what was your third pro? Yeah, so I actually had the D-line as my third pro, but everything you said I agree with, and I don't want to re-harp on that. So one of my honorable mentions was just the Eagles look way more like a team. That first week rust is gone. Obviously, you have the little, like, fling with 
hurts and brown on the sideline, but I think that's just like growing pains. And obviously the season has not started as well as we wanted to, even though we're two and L if you're watching these games are like not the same team that we were watching last year, but guards getting involved. Swift's getting involved. Devonte Smith is a beast. So I really just think that like, it's good to see like the guys having fun in the link together. And this was a huge win. So, yeah. Yeah, my third biggest pro was the deep ball. Um, before I get into it, I actually had a mention of the AJ and Jalen uh, argument, let's say, in this section. Um, I'm really not worried at all. I mean, tensions are so high during an NFL game. And if you watched any of the postgame interviews, nobody knew how many yards Swift had. And when the reporters told them, every single player was shocked. And Jordan Mailata said he owes them dinner. Um, but, you know, during the game, tensions are high, tensions flare, right? I have a, I'm have 100% confidence that after the game, A.J. Brown will see the stat line, see the amount of rushes we had, see how many rush yards Swift had, and understand that a football game is a football game. It's not always going to be the same. We're not always going to be passing. We need to run the ball as well. And um, I really am not worried about that fight at all. We all know they're boys. They talk Yeah, all- and it happens. I mean, it happens. Exactly. But, yeah, so my third pro was the deep ball. I mean, Devontae obviously had those two big deep balls that he brought in. And A.J. had two as well. I mean, the one was called back for the penny hold, and then the other one was a no call in P.I. But the two things that I took away from this game, obviously we were all pissed again at Brian Johnson in the first quarter for his play calling, right? But once we went back to the things that are working for us, running the ball and taking deep shots, we dominated. Yep. I think that's what Brian Johnson needs to focus on. He was trying to get too cute, too fancy with it. Let's stick to what we do. Let's pound that rock so that the safeties come in, linebackers come in, and then expose them over the top, which when we did it, it was great. Yeah. Um, Some honorable pros I had. The QB sneak is just still unstoppable. I know we mentioned it earlier. One thing I, one thing I didn't like, Al Michaels said it was an ugly, ugly play or something like that. I think it's beautiful. I think it's pure football. Just I don't know why people like hate on it because it's you know, it's not a cheat code. You have a bunch of grown men saying, I'm stronger than you. I'm gonna get there and you're not gonna stop me. Exactly. And it works. Isn't that pure football? I mean, dominating the trenches, knocking guys off. Yeah. Yeah. It was it's just still unstoppable, which I love to see. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to the biggest cons of this game. What was your biggest con? The secondary. I mentioned Slay, but, you know, safeties. I mean, it's just so many plays where people just float wide open. There's just such a lack of communication going on, and we've been able to save ourselves with, like, forced fumbles, and there's the punt, and then Justin Jefferson not scoring at the end of the first half. But it's just it it's gonna come back to bite us if we don't get healthy and we don't make some changes because the communication is terrible in the secondary. I agree. Um, Job and Evans were just awful. I mean, Job got burned for two touchdowns, one against Addison, one against Osborne. The secondary was my biggest con as well. I think uh, we agree on that. But Mario Goodrich had some flashes, but overall was terrible as well. I know it's his first NFL game, but. Would love to see Eli Ricks, Keely Ringo, and Sidney Brown to get some more reps, especially when these guys are, are not playing well at all. Why not give the young guys a shot to, you know, make their statement and shine a little bit? 
Um, yeah. But it's only going to get worse now. Maddox is out uh, most likely for the year with a torn pec. Yeah, our our secondary is banged up. and Yeah, we're, we're hurting. So my first biggest problem is secondary as well. My second is linebackers. I honestly didn't have much to say. They just suck, honestly. I mean, Cunningham, Ellis, and Morrow as your three rotational guys is just yeah. probably the worst in the NFL. Um, there's nothing else that we can really do, right, unless Howie can maybe make a trade or something like that. But we really need Dean to come back off IR. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think the linebacker position, like, those guys could get it, you know. Like, they have the potential. But right now, they're just not clicking at all. And I feel like you really have to play as a unit at the linebacker position. And um, the communication is just not there. I mean, we saw it with Hawkinson. I mean, he, he went off as people expected and it's so annoying you know when you're like prepping for a game and people are just talking about how Hawkins is going to go off like everyone's thinking Hawkins is going to go off so you kind of like you know maybe he won't if everybody thinks it and he just does you know it's like how do the Eagles not recognize this problem maybe there's just nothing they can do nothing they can do our middle of the field on defense is so exposed and the Vikings exposed that um but yeah I I don't even know if you can really game plan around it. I guess it's just more getting the guys practicing together more, becoming more of a unit. Yeah. That middle of the field, the whole game was just open. Our, our D-line bailed us out. If Kirk had yeah. more time, we would have gotten even more sliced up than we did. And we have four weeks where I guess the Jets now I don't see as a contender, but we have the Bucks, Commanders, Rams, Jets. Then we go into that crazy like... Five-game stretch. Yeah. yeah. Or I guess... We'll go Dolphins, Commanders. Then we go into the five-game stretch where we start with the Cowboys. So I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's a seven-game stretch because I think the Commanders are good enough where we could potentially split a series like we did last season. Because they always split with the Commanders, man. Yeah. <laughs> so our schedule is not easy, um, but we do have some time. I mean, the Bucks don't look bad, but we have we have some time for them to figure it out. We're not going against solidified offenses that have. Their style of play, you know, but Baker Mayfield, I don't, I don't recognize him as a, a weapon in this league. <laughs> I would have to agree there. <laughs> yeah, and I think this mini bye week, right, the Thursday night to Monday night, is coming at a great time. Um, to start your first two games of the season, um, on a short week is very tough. I think we'll have a lot of time to study our film from the first two weeks, um, rest and practice, and you know, just start putting the pieces together because there's a lot of pros. There's a lot of cons. We're not even looking close to the best we can be. And we're two and zero. So um, I think this mini buy is coming at a great time and we can try and sit down and take some more time to figure out what we need to do to get back to our offense as it looked last year. Yeah, definitely. All right. And your second biggest con. I said it last week, say it this week, the design QB draw should be actually burned from our playbook. They should put a ginormous note on it that says this play will not work because he gets so many reps from the RPO where he has already a look at a defense breaking down with the delayed QB draw. His only option is just to run into a defense that is ready for it. Like they're ready for it. They know Jalen hurts likes to run the ball. 
run the RPO, get him reps through the RPO. The design QB draw, it just limits our options for the play so much. And it, it just doesn't work. I mean, running it on third down is like, okay, let's uh, assume that the linebackers are not going to spy Jalen Hurts at all on a big third down. It's just, I don't understand the play call. It, and I guess you can link that with play calling, but it's specifically that play. And then we're running on third down. It's like, I literally want to turn the TV off. It, it is so bad. And you know it's bad when not just Philly and Eagles accounts are talking about it, but NFL accounts online are mentioning making fun of Brian Johnson for only calling QB draws and QB runs. It's it's getting out of hand, and he really needs to reel that back in. I mean, I think everyone in Philly knew that we had to run the ball with our running backs <laughs> on Thursday night, and he opened up the quarter with more QB draws, which was just ridiculous. Yeah, and I like Jalen Hurts using his feet. Like I love, I love it. I mean, that's what makes him so like such an elite quarterback. He can use his feet. He can't force it, and he's not even making good reads. I have a lot of issues with how they're using Jalen Hurts and the play calling. So for my third con, I had injuries. The injury bug is back. It's real. It's feeling a little bit like 2017. Um, obviously, we mentioned already. Nakobe Dean is out. James Bradbury out, Reed Blankenship out, Avante Maddox got hurt, Boston Scott got hurt, Quez Watkins out, Kenny Gainwell out. I mean, look, the two biggest question marks coming into the season were safety and linebacker, and both of our solidified, bona fide starters in those positions are out. James Bradbury is a huge blow. We saw how awful Josh Job was. And like you said, I think there's many bye weeks coming at a great time, you know, just Everyone can rest up, study film, relax, and get healthy. Because you know you don't win you don't win football games when your roster is banged up. Look at the Ravens. So um, yeah, I mean our defense is already not as good as we were on paper last year. So to then move to those two three guys, um, it's tough. You know, it's it's it is what it is. I mean, it's next man up mentality. It's how we won the Super Bowl in twenty seventeen. I mean, it's the Philly way, but. It, it's it doesn't help it does not help <laughs> not help at all um so yeah what was your third biggest con the special teams again i mean you just look at a unit that literally looks like they have zero no one wants to make a play i mean Sidney brown's a beast he's out there but besides him like every punt it's like it's gonna go for 30 40 yards and it's it's terrible and there weren't there weren't as many punts but in the first half there were a couple where it's like we're trying to build momentum and we can't because they start at such an advantage. Um, the fumble, right? And, you know, that bails us out again. But, it's, I mean, it's its every week. I don't i don't know our, our stats for special teams, but we got to be bottom of the league. I mean, it's, it's you just can't count on paying them somewhere because missed tackles, just people not even going to the ball. Like, it's, it's brutal. It's brutal. And like you said, 10, 15 yards, 20 yards of starting field position in maybe not this game, but other games can really hurt us, right? We need to we need to lock up on special teams. And even Covey again, like I know we recovered it, but fumbling on a pump return, just things that we cannot do, things that we yeah. cannot, we can't yeah. make mistakes like this. Special teams feels like forever besides Jake has just been terrible. I mean, I don't know if it's the coordinator or – whatever but need to figure that out um just some honorable cons i had one thing that really i thought was unnecessary and uncalled for they were ripping on jalen carter 
in front of all of America in on the broadcast. And he's 22 years old. Like, yeah, it was just unbelievable to me. Yeah. And then they end it with like, and that's why he fell to the ninth pick of the, for the Philadelphia Eagles. It's like, OK, all right. Yeah. Why are we just ripping on this 22 year old right now after he's had a phenomenal start to the season? And everyone says that he's been a great guy and obviously regrets what he did. Um, I don't know. It just really- Yeah, I agree. I mean, he has two, like, lawsuits. He's got, what, two lawsuits against him? Exactly, yeah. So, like, if he's going to face any consequences, he'll face them. You know, it's not like this is something that happened and went unaddressed. You know, what the law enforcement um, agencies do their job, and Al Michaels, you have no say on it. You're a commenter. Like exactly, and he and he admitted what he did. Like he uh, took full responsibility. It's not like he was fighting it or tried to deny it. I mean, I just I didn't I didn't appreciate that much at all. And, yeah. Uh, another honorable con. Look, I'm I know we had a solid game, maybe a little bit below solid, but I have Jalen Hurts. Right, he holds himself to a high standard. He expects to be held at high standards. So as fans, I think we should have the same mindset as him, right? We want a Super Bowl. We need better out of Jalen if that's our goal. In general, he's not seeing the field well in any regard, uh, like rushing or receiving. Like sometimes mm-hmm. on the speeds, he'll he'll keep it when he easily should have given it to Swift because there was a massive hole in his direction. He'll keep it and get swarmed by two linebackers. Um, I don't know. I'm guessing it's. I guess I'm hoping it's still rust uh, and he'll figure it out as the season goes on. But in any regard, really, he's not seeing the ball well or the field. Yeah, He's getting like tunnel vision on a couple routes. You know, he's just locking in on the receiver he wants to throw to. I mean, on the interception, it was Devontae Smith. He he decided before the play happened, he was going to throw to Devontae Smith that play. And it's so easy to read. I mean, I see it from the TV. So, you know, two linebackers, two safeties will see it, cornerbacks. Like, it's just – he doesn't look like he was last year, and that's what we're going to hold him to. I mean, that's why we were booing when we were up 3-0. I mean, I love it. I, I absolutely love it Um, here in the stadium, boo. But, yeah, it, it was – we still haven't seen our Jalen Hurts yet. He's He's been struggling. But we're winning. We're winning. So – Another thing about that, I think a lot of people in the media, not in Philly, don't really understand our fans because, you know, everyone was kind of harping on Philly fans or booing in the first. But it's like, I guarantee you, if you ask any fan in that stand before the game, you ask them, what do you want to see the Eagles do this game? They would say, run the football, run the football, run the football. It's like everyone except our OC knows this. It feels yeah. like twenty one again. And we finally, well, we come out of the game not running the ball finally start pounding the rock and look what happens. Right. So yeah. and by the end of the game, obviously the birds are cheering and screaming our hearts out for our team. Right. It's just, everyone knows that that should have been the game plan and just to come out and see them not do that. I mean, look, it, realistically, we got most of our rushing yards in that second quarter from the first half, right? First quarter, we didn't do much in just the first half of the Vikings game. We had more rushing yards than the entirety of the Patriots game. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just he needs to respond. I mean, Brian Johnson has a lot, a lot to work on. Agreed. Agreed. It's, you know, but I will say it is good to see that he adjusted and did end up calling, you know, that drive was ridiculous. 13 rushes, 16 plays. Yeah. Field. Um. So it is. They couldn't stop it. They couldn't. It was. There's no better feeling than like lining up and like 
after the first couple times, you're like, they're going to pick up on it. I mean, they just could not stop it. it, it it's, it's domination. Nothing will demoralize a defense more than just running the football and then being able to do nothing about it. And it was almost, I don't like, what's the right word? I felt like I was ascending into heaven watching them <laughs> that football. It was ridiculous. Literally, like every single play, Swift was getting at least five, six yards. It was yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, he looks unbelievable too. So just it was it was great. It was great. Oh man, it was it was awesome. Just the O line opening up those holes, Swift just hitting them. Even but that run that sealed the game. That wasn't even the O line. He went up. He was supposed to go up the middle there and find a hole, and then he just bounced it outside so yeah. fast. Just ripped it down the sideline. It was it was incredible. Um, I'm so so happy about that Swift performance. It's just exciting to see yep. that. So looking at Sunday, some matchups to watch around the NFL, AFC and NFC, because we are the favorites to make the Super Bowl in the NFC. Chiefs Jags is a huge game. Uh, Chiefs look to not fall to 0 2. Jags played well last week, but I do think the Chiefs take that one. Um, I guess the Jets Cowboys. I mean, what happened to Aaron Rodgers is devastating, but they still have a dominant team. I mean, that defense is dominant, and the Cowboys have a dominant defense, so that that should be a good game. One thing I was thinking about this Cowboys-Jets game, right? Look, the Cowboys are nine-point favorites at the moment. I still have no doubt in my mind that if the Cowboys play a convincing win, the media is just going to go nuts. I mean, they're yeah. gonna, the Cowboys are Super Bowl favorites. They're going to say this and that. Obviously, if they take apart the Jets' defense, it will be a little bit frightening, but – you and I both know the Cowboys are going to Cowboy. I mean, I'm not really that worried about them making any noise in the playoffs, but I just know the media will go ridiculously insane if the Cowboys piece apart the Jets' defense. Um, yeah. Dak Prescott is a non-factor in contenders in the league, and he's just proved that. So. so overall, yeah, I think, you know, we need to stick with what's working. We don't need to be fancy. Don't need to be cute. Let's run the rock. Let's take deep shots. And uh, that's what's working for us. So hopefully we game plan, come up with some improvements during this mini bye week. And um, thank you for listening again. This is Reed. I'm with Griff here on Broad Street LinkedIn. Tune in for our Bucks Eagles preview next week. And as always, go birds. Go birds. Thank you.